Welcome to the Final Score Network and the Final Score Podcast, presented by Team Anders Realtors. I'm Andy. He's former D3 student athlete and co-host... Ryan! Jam! Two-man monster flush! Off the inbound! Ryan! Jam! Slam! Jam! Find us on Podbean, the Apple Podcast Store, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at TheFinalScore35. There is always plenty to run through, but before we get to it, a word from our presenting sponsor. Team Anders' goal is to serve its clients in finding the home that best fits their needs and make the process simple and fun along the way. They are a team of people who will be in close communication personally taking care of your real estate needs through technology, marketing, and advertising. Team Anders has served thousands of clients over 30-plus years in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area, and are here to serve you today. Learn more at teamanders.com. Fair warning, this is going to be a part angry podcast. Ryan and I are fed up and, frankly, pissed off at a few things, so you get to come on a fun little journey with us. Fair warning to fans of our foe down the road, you know, the team that hasn't beaten the Spartans in two years and only four times in the last 14. Oh, but that doesn't matter since it appears only the last two games mean squat to you. But I digress. Beyond that, college football is peaking. NFL is getting interesting. Shout out to the Lions for their first win in 364 freaking days. College Hoops is just getting started. There is a lot of goodness to cover. But let's start with some badness in a different approach from the podium. Let's go to the podium. Ryan, you get the lectern first. Well, I mean, we kind of talked about it before. I think this is a shared podium, a dual press conference. Um, it's a damn good thing that it wasn't yesterday that we were doing this because I was, I probably looked like, I was gonna a, blow a, like a cartoon cartoon character with steam coming out of my head. Um, I'm going to start off with a, with, with a definition here. Nonsense. A noun. Spoken or written words that have no meaning or make no sense. Definition two. Foolish or unacceptable behavior. Synonyms. Gibberish. Claptrap. Blarney. Blather. This is what this is. That is what the Heisman Trophy and, frankly, college football is. It is nonsense. Plain and simple nonsense. College football... Is we talked about it before, and now it has been affirmed, is completely puppeted by one ESPN corporation. They own college football with everything it is. They run everything. They own 42 of the 44 bowl games. They pick who does what. I'm surprised. They probably tell who to lose and who to win. I, I cannot stand ESPN, especially after this Heisman thing yesterday. Was Kenneth Walker going to win the Heisman? No. We knew that wasn't going to happen because he plays for Michigan State. Michigan State isn't a name, a, a big media brand like a Michigan or Ohio State. There's no chance. I look at it as Kenneth Walker, similar season to Jonathan Taylor a few years ago, who broke NCAA records. No, not even a Heisman finalist, plays for Wisconsin. If he played for Michigan or Ohio State, he would have won in a landslide. No questions asked. And the same thing with Kenneth Walker. If he played for Michigan and had these numbers, far and away the Heisman Trophy winner. Complete bullcrap that he is not even a finalist. 
I, I agree that Bryce Young is going to be the winner of this trophy far and away. Without a question, he's going to win it. Kenny Pickett, does he deserve to be there? I think so. I mean, he had a really good year, um, put up great numbers, like 44 touchdowns and six interceptions. Okay, C.J. Stroud, maybe the fourth best player on his offense, maybe fifth. I mean, he's got three of the best receivers in the country and a hell of a freshman running back in Travion Henderson. I don't know if he deserved to be there. And those who say that Aiden Hutchinson deserves to be there, you're an idiot. Because Will Anderson from Alabama, who had more tackles, more tackles for loss, more sacks, he's not there. But his team's in the playoff, but he plays on a defense, and he already has a, a, a teammate there, even though Alabama had three guys there last year, which makes no sense. He's not there, and Aiden Hutchinson is because he plays for Michigan, and they're the hot commodity right now because they finally, after all these years, got over the hump and got into the playoff, and he had a good last couple games. He had a, he had a really good season. Now, I'm not going to lie. He did. He had a great season. He's probably going to be a top-five NFL draft pick, hopefully not first to the Lions, but there's no way he should be there. I mean, yeah, he probably is a top-six player. Shouldn't be there. No way. You saw Kenneth Walker, five touchdowns, 197 yards against him. Did he do anything against him? No. I've seen, I saw videos on people, people were posting on Twitter, him just getting his absolute socks juked out of him by Kenneth Walker, feet on the ground, laying there with his hands on his head, going, what the hell just happened? Ran to that side almost every time for his big runs. And it, I, I, can't, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. ESPN owns this. They want Michigan and their name brand BS in there. It was, uh, I can't stand it. I cannot stand ESPN. I cannot stand college football with this stuff. It's, it's horrible. And the media, Graham Couch has an article. The reason why Kenneth Walker isn't in a Heisman finalist is because of people like me. Dude, shut up. Shut up. I'm, I can't. I, I won't even read his stuff anymore. I, won't, so I, I, no saw the I don't even, I don't I even have any idea what that's about. Crap. All right, so press conference style, Ryan. Two questions that come to mind listening to your part, and then I'll jump on this rant too. So one question he asks is a little bit off the Heisman, but you mentioned the bowl games. I think it's actually 42 bowls. And, Too many. And ESPN added a bowl just this last week to accommodate every team that had at least a 500 record. What are your thoughts on everybody in FBS getting into a bowl game just because they went 6-6? Six and six? Does everybody in, in uh, college basketball get into the NCAA tournament if they have a winning record? No. 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 Everybody There's gets a trophy, though. Our stupid woke cancel culture, like, oh, we might make somebody feel bad. When I was a kid, when in the 80s, I remember it was a deal for somebody from the MAC, Central, Western, Eastern, Bowling Green, didn't matter, to go to the California freaking Raisin Bowl. One MAC team. Now, it wasn't a 14-school division back then, but it was like, you know, it was 10 or so. One MAC team a year got in a bowl game. And now we're making extra bowl games that are going to have like a couple of hundred people in the seats just so people don't get butt hurt. That's an ESPN thing. That's ESPN flexing their muscle. They have all but two games. They don't have the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl or the Holiday Bowl, the whatever, San Diego Credit Union Holiday Bowl. Give the sponsors their nods. Those are the only two games that ESPN doesn't have. BS. Garbage. Waters down college football. It's why college basketball will always be better. The second question I have for you, Ryan, is what in your mind is the definition, and you can even give me the real definition, of the Heisman Trophy? 
Who should that go to? Yeah, I mean, to me, the Heisman Trophy should go to the best player um, and the most important player to a team. doesn't matter what their record is, who puts up good stats and who is consistent throughout the whole year, from game one to game 12 or 13. That's what it should be. And pardon me as I, as I pull this up. On, this is the, the definition on Wikipedia of the Heisman Trophy. The Heisman Tro- Memorial Trophy is awarded annually to the most outstanding player in college football. Winners epitomize great ability combined with diligence, perseverance, and hard work. Mm-hmm. And let me just say, so Hutchinson, did he not have a linebacker, but a pass rush linebacker, and I can't, I never pronounced Ajabo. He had a, a He's partner be a in crime pick, with way. 11 sacks to go with his 14. So did Hutchinson not benefit from the fact that he wasn't getting double team game in and game out? Neither of the Bosa's were Heisman Trophy finalists. They're better. I'm going to give you one more as we start my part of the rant. Kenny Willickis had one offer coming out of high school. North Point Christian here in Grand Rapids, a D6 school. One, and that was to play fullback, I believe, at Wayne State. He got an op- an opportunity to walk on at Minnesota. Michigan State got a hold of some film. He walked on at Michigan State. His senior year, the two differences in the stat line. Both had 50, he and Hutchinson both had 15 and a half tackles for loss. Kenny had 11 sacks. Hutchinson had 14. Their quarterback pressures were just about the same. And I... I beg of you to tell me who Kenny's partner in crime was. Panashuk? Is he the same as this this outside linebacker from Michigan? No offense to Jacob, but no. Um, and oh, by the way, he had 20 more tackles, meaning that if he got beat at the line of scrimmage, he was still making plays. Not like Hutchinson sitting on his ass watching Kenneth Walker waltz by five times for touchdowns in a game that Michigan fans would tell you doesn't matter because we only care about Ohio State. Our season apparently only matters for two games. After all, Michigan's win over Ohio State, the absurdity was Jim Harbaugh saying it was as big as USA over USSR in the 1980 Olympics. Shut the up, Jim. You're an idiot. You are the problem with college football. These knobs at ESPN and the media who glom on to the glory story. Or as one of my buddies said, they just want Hutchinson's hot mom to be getting more camera time. The Heisman Trophy is about the best damn player in college football, period. I don't care if your team went 0-11. The definition of that award is the best player in college football. Not the best quarterback on the best team. Not the fun glory story Hutchinson because we got the winged helmets to come to the 2020s when they haven't done jack shit since the 1990s story it's the best players the most impactful players you will never convince me that Aiden Hutchinson's season comes even close to the impact that canine Kenneth Walker's he took a team that had. should have probably been seven and five to 10 it was a team two. with a four and a half over under it was a team Ryan and I both picked to go seven and five he led. He was second, I think, just barely second in rushing yards. He had 18 touchdowns. His numbers still compared to about um, the last two Heisman Trophy running backs, which come few and far between anymore for who knows what reason. Well, I know what reason because it's a, a glorified ESPN best player, typically quarterback on the best team award. So you, I, I, I implore any of you to come up to us on social media and tell me why... Hutchinson is more deserving of a finalist. Again, I totally reiterate, Ryan, 
realistically, was K-9 going to win it? No. No. Will Kenny Pickett win it? Nope. I think those are the two best players in college football, if you ask me. They probably did the most. Meant the, the least, most to their team. Meant the most to their team. Arguably did way more with way less than somebody like at an Alabama or Stroud, who had three of the top wide receivers in the country and a stud, really three stud running backs. I mean, and an SEC type of team. Here's a, here's the last thing I'm going to say, and then Ryan, any questions you want to ask me? Not even the best defensive player who we talked about from Alabama was invited to New York. And Hutchinson is not even in the four finalists for the Bednarik, which goes to the best defensive player in college football. So he's not even the top four best defensive player by that voting board. And yet he makes it to New York for the Heisman. It is nothing but a ploy because ESPN loves the 14 in the SEC plus the two coming in and the big two little four, little 12 from the rest of the big. They only like Ohio State and Michigan. It's nauseating. It's gross. It's disgusting. And here's one more example. How about their OC Gaddis winning the Royals for the best college assistant coach? What great shakes did Michigan's offense do this year? And again, sorry, Michigan fans, if you're butthurt, fast forward to the next part. I'm calling it like it is. He was no more successful or better than Jay Johnson at Michigan State. And no way I would say that he was the best off, you know, assistant coach. You're, you're telling me that out of all the assistant coaches, somebody wasn't better? That smells like dirty, rotten fish. And you wonder why Michigan State fans vehemently hate Michigan. And you all rub your hands together and you're like, ha ha, little brother, little brother. No, you're arrogant, you're pricks, and I'm sick of it. And I'm sick of ESPN. The only reason I'll watch ESPN this college bowl season is because to watch the Peach Bowl, I got to watch ESPN. I already dumped your app. I don't listen to any of your personalities. Your shtick is old. It's boring. It's cold. Get out. Fox, help us out. CBS, help us out. Somebody bail out the Big Ten. And you know what? By all means, ESPN, if you want Ohio State and Michigan to join your SEC and have your own little 18-team thing that they all just play with each other and touch each other's dinghies for a whole season and that's your season, go for it. Have it. I don't want it because then I can completely tune you out. I've got nothing. Mic drop. Riley, <laughs> you're going to love it. All right. Let's stay on a little bit of a frenzy, although we'll go off of that one a little bit. Um, stupidity. For our tee-up of the week, we're both going to weigh in on this. It's got to be Miami Athletics. The U. How about, yeah, you know, don't worry, Coach Diaz. You can keep your gig if if yeah, our number Mario's one choice, the better choice, Mario Cristobal, you know, beloved former, well, won two national championships, I get it. Beloved former, a lot of beloved formers out there, says no. What kind of ass move is that? To tell your head coach now, who you've been holding over him, you're not going to have improved facilities, you're not going to have this, you're not going to have that. He had a lot of injuries this year. He had guys that kind of just bailed on the season. Ended up finishing the season pretty decent compared to how they started after Michigan State slapped them around. And you leave the man sitting there waiting for this other guy to decide if he wants the job. If I was him and Cristobal had said no, I would have said, you know what? You, Miami, I'm leaving. I mean, I cannot believe a school would do that. I mean, Ryan, what are your thoughts on that? I, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, that's just, they're another one. Of, they're a Michigan. They're a USC. They're in Texas. Texas. They're a Florida. Tennessee. They're an LSU, a Tennessee. They are completely oblivious Wannabe. to the fact that 
of just reality in general. They're mm-hmm. stupid. They have this false sense that we should be going 11-1 and and 12-0 and every year. No, it's not how it works. You look at Clemson. They finally fell off this year. Came back to earth. It doesn't. It's not sustainable every single year. It's not. And here's a question I have. And I feel bad for the guy. So Oregon, big, huge win at Ohio State this year. It was a year where Oregon's like some some like calculation. If you calculated all the mass of their recruiting rankings, was actually within spitting distance of an Ohio State. Pretty remarkable. What did he do with that at Oregon? Okay, injuries and stuff factor in, but ten and three. Got his ass kicked twice in the last three weeks of the season by Utah. Going to the, what, the Alamo Alamo Bowl, Bowl. which is actually usually a really good bowl game. But still, and you're banking your future, Miami, on that? Okay, yeah, he can recruit. But clearly either doesn't hire the right assistants to help him coach it up or can't coach because you can recruit all you want. But if you can't coach, what good does it do you? So it'll be interesting to see what happens there, but that's the that's the definite tee up flag of the week is Miami Athletics for the way that they that they did coach Diaz. Coach Diaz, I hope you land on your feet um, and do something well somewhere else and kind of get the chance to play them and can just fly the proverbial the bird at them. All right, let's get into our five spots. Uh, a little less vehement and a little bit less um, vitriol in these <laughs> parts. So we'll calm down a little bit off of that uh, early rant. But we'll, we'll start with college football. Really, any any awards, thoughts, et cetera, that we want to do. Um, I'll start with just one thought, and we can just kind of go back and forth, Ryan. I'm just going to say this. Bama. Damn. Do not ever bet against Nick Saban. Period. Now, I will say this. The fact that Georgia plays in the far inferior East was exposed. Now, take nothing from Georgia. Their defense is phenomenal. What's his name? 99. That Jordan dude Davis, is yeah, Jordan Davis. Absolute house. But what you saw is Georgia, a Georgia defense that finally had to play like top, top NFL loaded talent team and not having an offense to support it. It'll be interesting to see because I would predict, and we'll get into predictions later, I would probably predict at this point that it would be a Georgia-Alabama rematch in the national championship game. I don't think Stetson Bennett's going to get it done for Georgia. So that's my take on that game. Ryan, any what's your Yeah, I mean, Bama's unbelievable. I think Mechie being injured, I think that hurts him. But Jamison mm-hmm. Williams is a first-round pick. Um, Bryce one. Young's playing phenomenal. Um, you're going to win the Heisman. Um, unbelievable there. Cincinnati, huge congrats to them. They did it. Group of five into the, into the playoff, finally. They'll get their shot at Bama. Um, do I think they can keep it close? Yeah, I don't think they're going to win. We'll get to that next week probably. But, um, yeah, congrats to them. Oklahoma State inches from probably making the playoff. Honestly. Seven plays from the one between that drive and no another points. one earlier in the fourth quarter with no points. <laughs> and and the good. big question is, is, and I don't know if they really asked it. Honestly, I didn't watch the show because I knew what the top four was going to be. You knew Alabama and Georgia weren't going to play each other in the semifinals, so you knew what the matchups were regardless of ranking. But I don't know if somebody asked them, hopefully, you know, Reese Davis or somebody asked the bozos that are on that committee if they would have taken Oklahoma State had they won over Cincinnati. I don't think that they should have. I wonder if they would have just because if you look, I saw something on The Athletic today. 
like the viewership of the SEC title game was like in the 15 million at its peak. The Big Ten title game was like an 11 million at its peak. And the Cincinnati-Houston game was like 3.5 million. So, you know, in ESPN's almighty clamoring for the the big buck, Cincinnati is, they're a story, but they're not going to draw as many eyeballs. Now, the fact that they're playing Alabama is going to because there's tons of Alabama fans, blah, blah, blah. But um, still, you know, great for Cincinnati. That's the kind of stuff that's good for college football. I think this year more than ever probably showed that we need at least an eight team. And I think an eight team would have been plenty competitive. You know, throw Notre Dame in there, throw like a Baylor in there, throw an Ohio State in there, and, and you know, wild card, whoever the eighth team would have been, maybe Oklahoma State. Um, I think it would have been just fine. Uh, in fact, Alabama might have shook it out, but it would just be another team that Michigan could potentially lose to in the first round, which would have been fun since they got in. So, you know, college football in general, good championship weekend. Definitely, for me, dampened by the idiocy around the Heisman. I do think that there's still some integrity in the other awards, the Doak Walker, the Maxwell, which, by the way, Kenneth Walker is up for both. Maxwell's the best player in college football, um, and the Doak is the best running back. Somehow he's in nose, but yeah, Hutchinson's not a finalist for any of the defensive awards. So you you tell me how that all works out. But um, back to that rant a little bit. But Ryan, any other thoughts on college football? Congrats, up or anything? Utah going to Pasadena. Yeah, first, first time game. ever. Yeah, congrats to them. Brett Venables, new coach of Oklahoma. Yep, that's big. Brian Kelly with his fake oh. Southern accent I going to LSU. Yeah, yeah, screw that. I think guy. that might actually be a boon for Notre Dame. You know, it remains to be uh, Marcus seen. Marcus Freeman. Um, I love the hire, by the way. Um, rookie, rookie guy. So it, it's hard to say, but. He's, and they love him. And I temper a little bit because the reaction of his players was phenomenal. If you haven't seen the video of like when an assistant coach introduced him and the players went crazy, I hearken back to Bobby Williams and players going to President McPherson's house and demanding that he be the coach. And we all know how that worked out. I don't think Marcus Freeman is Bobby Williams, but um, I think in the end that's a win for Notre Dame. To be quite honest, I think that. You know, the fact that most of those assistants that were with BK stayed tells you a little bit of something, tells you a little bit of something about Brian, tells you a lot of something about Marcus. And as we all know, yes, the head coach, the CEO matters because we've seen it at Michigan State with D'Antonio and now Tucker. But it also matters what your assistant staff looks like. And and if he's maintaining and they have a really good recruiting class coming in, that's only going to bode really well for Notre Dame. Um, Interesting thing one of my buddies threw out to me today you know, the media is kind of complaining and, and, you know, I'm not going to say wrongly, but that only one of the 16 major coaching jobs that have been either filled or is open right now has been filled by a minority. I just want to remind that media outlet, which was probably ESPN, Michigan State just made a minority coach, Mel Tucker, the highest paid minority coach in all of sports. I don't care if we're talking tiddlywinks, FIFA, hockey, it doesn't matter, all of sports. So let's start getting our story a little bit more right, ESPN. And oh, I forgot this in my rant before, so we're going to throw it in there. How is it that a couple years ago when Michigan State was facing the Nasser stuff, you ad nauseum went after D'Antonio and went after Izzo and you know said that they were perpetuating a culture of sexual abuse and tolerance of that, and yet at the University of Michigan... You have a doctor that molested far more people than Nasser, which was gross and egregious and disgusting anyway, all of it. 
but you slide that under the rug like that's not a big deal because it was male on male. The only reason you went after Sandusky at Penn State was because it was a male on minors. You've let Ohio State slide on this too. They had a similar case with a doctor. So, hmm, what's the, oh, Michigan and Ohio State, the two schools that you love the most. You let them slide off the hook on the stuff that you still attack Michigan State for. I'm done with you, college football. As soon as that Peach Bowl is done, yeah, I'll watch the New Year's Six, and I'll, I'll watch, I'm sure, the CFP just because I do love college football. But I am glad that we're coming to an end so I don't have to deal with your freaking nonsense anymore. All right, spot number two, staying in college football. Let's review our Big Ten preseason picks. Uh, Ryan and I were just kind of scribbling through. I've got our master in front of me. I've got mine. Um, Ryan, you kind of want to go first and just kind of give a high-level overview of teams that maybe you really swung and missed on and teams that you nailed down pretty yeah, good. Yeah, I mean, I'll just kind of go in order here. I mean, we, I had Illinois going 4-8, and 2-7 and seven in the conference, and they ended 5-7, and 4-5. and five. They, they punched above where I thought. Um, I had Iowa 9-3, 7-2 in the conference, had the 7-2 and two correct, um, and they went, what, 10-3. and three. Um, I had them going to the uh, Outback Bowl, and they're going to the Citrus Bowl, so kind of close. Um, I mean, their losses, I, I thought they were going to lose to Iowa State, didn't. Um, thought that they, and then Wisconsin as well, um, which, which was true, and then Minnesota. So um, decently close with that. Minnesota had them going 8-4. and four. Um, which is what they were, which was correct, and then five and four in conference, um, so pretty close. Had them in guaranteed rate bowl, which is where they're going. Um, then Nebraska had them going four and eight, two and seven, pretty close. One and eight, three and nine. Northwestern seven and five, four and five, definite big swing and miss there. They went one and eight and three and nine. Had a pretty terrible season, um, to be honest with you. Big swing and miss was Purdue. Um, three had them going three and nine, one and eight, finishing last in the West. And they went a walloping eight and four, six and three overall. Beat Iowa when they were number two at one point in the season. Had a really good season, um, and also had Wisconsin going Spartans. eleven and one, um, nine and zero um, in the conference. Not close there. Going eight and four um, and six and three, um, and then switching over to the East. <laughs> Big swing and a miss on Indiana. Mm-hmm. Eight and four, six and three. Try two and ten, zero oh and nine in the conference. Back to normal Indiana football. Missed on Maryland as well, two and ten, zero um, and nine in the conference. Ended up going six and six. They're going to the Pinstripe Bowl. Good for them. Uh, big swing and miss on Michigan and Michigan State as well. Had Michigan going six and six. Um, definitely showed showed me um, that I was wrong. Um, had them going to the the Red Box Bowl and then Michigan State had them going eight and four. Actually six and three in conference. Um, won that by two. And then Ohio State twelve and zero, nine and zero. Obviously went. 10 and 2, um, going to the Rose Bowl, and then Penn State 9 3, 6 and 3, going to uh, the Citrus, uh, going to Outback here at 7 and 5, and then Rutgers um, at 5 and 7, and then 2 and 7 in the conference, which was right on par. Yeah, s- similar picks for me, like in mine, and then we'll look at the overall how we did um, collectively with our, our group picks. But, you know, I would say um, I was, you know, a couple games off on Illinois. I had them three and nine. That wasn't a huge swing and miss. They were pleasantly surprising. Iowa finished about what I expected. I said nine and three, you know, 10 and three um, in there for sure. You know, had about what I expected of a season. Think had them for the Rose Bowl. Um, you know, they're going to go play in the Citrus Bowl, so still not a bad thing. Minnesota, same as Ryan, had them in the guaranteed rate bowl. I had them going six and six, though, so they, they did a little bit better there. Nebraska, I gave them a little bit more credit. Five and seven, nope. 
<laughs> not even close. Northwestern was a big swing, not a huge swing and miss. I had them four and eight. Um, so record wise, it was just a one game, but it felt like worse because Northwestern just had a really struggling oh. season after last year. Purdue, you know, three games off on that. I had them five and seven, and they were pleasantly surprising. They really put it together. I remember I had their preview at the beginning of the year and thought that they had a good defense, but wasn't sure about their offense. And the offense definitely came around. Wisconsin was a miss because they had that really rough first start. Would have been interesting to see them play in the Big Ten championship game. I don't think, uh, you know, Iowa had three trips to the red zone and came came out with three points. I mean, 44% red zone touchdown percentage all year. And that's what killed Iowa in that game. You know, the score got out of hand. Their defense um, really didn't let them down until at the end. It was just kind of like whatever. And Michigan was piling on some points. Um, you know, but still, it would have been interesting to see what Wisconsin, even though they'd lost to them before, would have done in that game. Um, I think, you know, a little bit more balance on offense, certainly, than Iowa. Iowa was just a, man, struggle boss on offense. They just... And you fans could say, oh, well, they should have put Padilla in at quarterback to begin with. He's he was no a little better. bit better, but he's not really better. I mean, it's pretty much like Jared Goff or Tim, what's his name, Tim Doyle, Boyle, Boyle. whatever the Lions, two quarterbacks. Indiana, just an absolute miss. I mean, they had some they had some struggles, certainly. They had some injuries. Penix in the transfer portal, by the way. Um, but just absolutely went from... People saying outside dark horse to contend for the East who barely won two games. Maryland, you know, proved me wrong. They went, what, six and six. I said four and eight, and Ryan and I collectively said much worse than that. Um, you know, Michigan, Michigan State, I had both at seven and five. Um, you know, Washington certainly didn't end up being as formidable in the, in the uh, preseason as we thought or the out-of-conference, um, nor did Miami for Michigan State. But, you know, both teams pleasantly – Surprise! Michigan State ten and two. Michigan now twelve and one with the Big Ten championship, their first in seventeen years, basically a generation. Um, Ohio State disappointing probably because that loss to Oregon maybe rode in a little high and mighty after the big walloping of Michigan State, and they laid an egg at, at Michigan for the first time in a long time. Looked kind of like the John Cooper Buckeyes there. Um, in Penn State, really, you know, after a hot start, they. You know, they started to get a little dinged up. You know, lost to Iowa on the road, which is, was not a, a big surprise and wasn't, I think, in fact, I had it had a picked um, as a loss. But the the thing is, then they lost to Illinois in, like, the 42 overtime game at home. Um, and then Rutgers finished about what we, what we said. So really not too far off. It's usually kind of a matter of that. You know, and just quickly buttoning it up for our combined. I mean, we had... Illinois going three and nine, they went five and seven. We had Iowa going nine and three, ten and three. Um, we had Minnesota going seven and five, they went eight and four. We had Nebraska going five and seven, and they went three and nine, so that was a miss. Northwestern obviously was a miss. We had them going seven and five, they went three and nine. Purdue we had going four and eight, and they went eight and four. So that's probably one of the biggest swings in addition to Indiana. Um, Wisconsin, we were off by the same measure, Ryan and I, and then collectively had them 11 and one Indiana. We had seven and five. So they really missed Maryland. We had two and 10. So we missed there. So that's the same Indiana, Maryland, and Purdue were the three that we missed the most on. Obviously Michigan had plus five in the wins. Michigan state had plus three in the wins. Um, Ohio state minus two in the wins and Penn state minus two. And then Rutgers was right there. We said six and six, they went five and seven. So all in all, not, not bad picks for 
a couple of dummies that just like to talk about sports. Um, the only bowl game that we nailed was the guaranteed rate bowl for Minnesota, which I believe was formerly the BW3 and formerly the Cheez-It Bowl. It played in Tempe, Arizona, Sun Devil Stadium. So congrats to all the bowl teams in the Big Ten, all nine of them. Um, you got a little bit of work to do. The SEC qualified 13 of 14. All right, shifting gears. We're going to go to basketball for the next couple spots, then we're going to come back to football pick them in spot five as a preview. Spot number three. Let's just go around the world of Big Ten and college hoops, Ryan. Yeah, um, big, uh, to start with Mark Turgeon out at Maryland. Uh, must have listened to the podcast last week. Yeah, we should have rated um, him 14th, but yeah, 12th was just, enough. It was, that was eventually going to come. And I'm actually, I heard that, or I read an article that said one of the biggest reasons they mutually agreed was because even though he was doing a decent job there over the years, is that he couldn't take the criticism from the fans. Not surprising. That uh, doesn't surprise me Can't have rabbit ears when you're a coach, man. No. Uh, Michigan State won uh, twice since since our last podcast. Looked good. Um, pretty good in both. Um, playing better. Uh, Minnesota tomorrow to start off Big Ten play. Should be a challenge there. Um, Michigan um, got wrecked by North Carolina last Wednesday, then turned around and then played too well last couple games. Still don't buy it with them. I think that they're the third or fourth best team in the Big Ten. That's not a top ten team, um, in my opinion. I think they need to go less Devontae Jones, more Frankie Collins at point guard for them. Um, you know, I think that they're they're doing all right though. Um, you know, Ohio State playing well, beat Duke last week. Obviously, huge huge win. Um, beat Penn State the other day, looking good. Illinois playing better. Iowa's been a surprise so far. Purdue looks fantastic. Um, First number one rating part. in school history, which is pretty surprising <sighs> good. for a school that The Big Ten right now, win. it's it's a lot of pretty good teams, and then Purdue, um, then the cellar dwellers of, I don't think Penn State's very good. Rutgers is pretty bad, and Nebraska's pretty bad. I think bad. there's a lot of paper tigers in there. There's a lot of, like, Minnesota 7-0. Northwestern's yeah, having a, a decent start. A lot of schools that are, haven't really played anybody yet, you know, maybe a little bit in the Gavit, maybe a little bit in the ACC Big Ten Challenge, which the Big Ten won. Wisconsin this year. looks really good. Wisconsin I'll does give them look that. good. They yep. look very good. And they've they've got the most big wins, probably other than Michigan State, who actually has the highest rated schedule, I think, and strength yep, of schedule. strength of schedule. So far. And interesting looking at, you know, hoops. Just I've got our preseason picks that we did a few weeks ago here. And two things that stand out at me to me is that we had Maryland and Michigan both going 15 and five, tied for third. I think we were certainly shooting for the moon on Maryland because they lost some head scratchers to like George Mason and some schools like that. And Michigan obviously already has three losses, um, not in the Big Ten play, but I just I just don't think that in what I've seen so far that anybody is close to as good as Purdue. The second team that maybe and is who we picked second is Illinois. If they can get healthy and they can kind of get it together, they've got the big guy that can kind of battle with Purdue's big guys. Those two teams to me are by far and away the best, and then it's just going to be an absolute rock fight for the next several. Ohio State's look great at times. Michigan State's look great at times. Michigan still has yet to beat anybody that matters. Maryland has beaten nobody. Yeah, Minnesota's grew off to a great start. We picked them one and nineteen, and they still might go one and nineteen in the Big Ten. But have they really played anybody? Northwestern off to a good start. Have they really played anybody? Penn State not looking very good. Rutgers it's kind not of surprising really. with the guys that they had coming back. 
They've really struggled. Wisconsin, I would say, is probably Purdue's not a surprise. Illinois is not a surprise. Maryland is a surprise in the negative. I would say Wisconsin's probably the surprise team so far. Absolutely. You know, you look in college hoops. Gonzaga has lost back to back games. They didn't lose until the national championship last year. They lost to Duke yeah. and then they lost to Alabama. Um, just shows Good you for them, Alabama went lights out from three and answered every single run Gonzaga had, and that just shows you it's that's the equalizer in college basketball is the three. If you make 50-some percent of your threes, you're probably going to do all right. Yeah. Speaking of which, I looked up, Ryan, just out of curiosity, Foster lawyers shooting, get this, 43.6% field goal percentage, but he's 52.6% from three. So does he miss as many layups as Hogard, but he's nailing the threes? I don't understand how that's possible. Good for him. He's averaging over 12 points a game. Kithier averaging over 12 points a game for Valpo and like six, almost seven boards. So a couple of former Spartans doing pretty well. Good for them. Um, rest of college basketball. Iowa State, big surprise. Yep. Iowa this Thursday. Definitely tune in for that. That's, Memphis that's a big is game. an absolute ha, joke and hate dud. Um, if you if you if please you haven't watch watched them, them please hilarious. watch them. It's it's a dumpster fire. You, you have this litany of NBA coaches on the bench, including Larry Brown, who's a certifiable basketball genius, and they've got some enormous supposed talent. And they are the most disjointed, garbage-looking basketball team. It's, it is AAU. Like, I expect Penny to be pushing a stroller in with a baby Bjorn on the other and a cup of Starbucks in one hand ready to roll it out, you know, in, like, cargo shorts and his high tops untied and, you know, some sort of, like, whatever tournament T-shirt that he's got on. I mean, that's exactly how Memphis plays, and it's a joke, and I love it. Yeah, it's, it's bad. It's, it's it's so bad, you have you can't look away. It's like a train wreck. It is. It's terrible, and it's funny, especially <laughs> with Imani Bates and his dad and all his crap. He sucks. Looking um, looking ahead this week, some good, some good games in the Big, big 10 big between now and when we chat. Uh, Indiana-Wisconsin tomorrow, that'll be a good game. Indiana's off to a pretty good big start. Game. Michigan State at Minnesota. Michigan State got bombed at Minnesota last year. Um, You know, it was kind of close to 500, actually, in his Big Ten openers. Texas Seton Hall Thursday, that's big. Saturday, I mean, I'm I'm pulling up the schedule here. Wisconsin-Ohio State will be a good one. Yeah, that's a big game. BYU-Creighton on Saturday. Um, it's classic. I mean, they're both not great, but Syracuse, Georgetown. The next Monday. Oh, no, that's not until January. I was going to say, yeah. So, yeah, we get this little taste of Big Ten until Saturday the 11th, and then it goes back away, and it's back to kind of some of the easy non-conference Next week will be but. duddy because it's exam week. How about um, Texas Southern? Is No, Mike Davis doesn't coach there anymore. No, he's at he? Detroit, He yeah. beat Michigan State. 0-7, though. With them. 0-7. At the Breslin a couple years ago. Last night. Pretty yeah. bad. Yeah, so that's the, that's the beauty of college basketball. It's just like night in, night out. You just don't know what's going to happen. I kind of personally like that, even though there's there's definitely teams that are Purdue to me is head and shoulders above everybody else right now. Gonzaga's right there though, even with two losses. Duke is right there, even with you know what they've got in their loss to Ohio State. You know those top teams are are right there, but there's so much parity, and that's what makes it great. And thank goodness. March Madness, which is more of a CBS, TBS, TNT, True TV property than ESPN, doesn't have all 300 and however many teams make the tournament every year because that would be ridiculous now, wouldn't it, ESPN? Huh, funny how that works. All right, spot number four. This idea comes courtesy of a longtime listener, never time caller. Number one listener. Our number one fan, Mom, Roberta, Robbie. 
Um, she asked that Ryan and I pick and track a starting five of Big Ten players for the season and see who does better. Basically, see who's <laughs> smarter. Now, we know who's smarter, yeah, who's better me. looking, who's more talented. You know, I mean, it's, clearly that stuff rolls downhill, so it's got to start at the top. But this is how we're going to do it. I'm going to give – you're giving me the number one pick overall. Yeah, you got, Can't yeah, pick yeah. the same guys. We're going to do a little snake draft, picking five guys. doesn't matter what position. And we're going to track – what did we decide? We're going to track points, Statistics, assists, rebounds, yeah, those three, wins. and then wins, team wins. So those four things, yeah. we'll, we'll add that up, and that'll be your collective like number. Yeah. All right, so with my first pick, boy, you know, I went and I actually did a little bit of homework. I don't always do homework. I looked for guys that kind of stat sheet stuffers. I got to go with my favorite non-Michigan State player. Ryan and I agree with this guy, oh, but my favorite player to watch, EJ guy. Liddell. My guy. Love his game. EJ Liddell, I think he's he's definitely my far and away my favorite non-Michigan State player. Uh, you stole probably my number one. I'm going to go with another stat sheet stuffer, um, maybe the most important player on his team, on the best team in the country, and that's Jaden Ivey from the mm. Boilermakers. Yeah, um, good pick playing awesome basketball right now. Um, second for me, ooh, tough decision here. I'm going to go with another guy, stat sheet stuffing lately, rebounding machine, Keegan Murray of the oh, Iowa Hawkeyes. He was my second, he was my second favorite guy. He's, he's leading the Big Ten in scoring over 25 points a game. Been a little bit he's, dinged up he's, lately. He's a good but. ball player. All right, so I'm going to go uh, another guy that can fill it up, you know, pretty close to a double-double guy, can get some dimes, and, we're, and, and his team's going to get some wins. I'm going to go with Trace Jackson Davis from okay. IU. And then I get to pick again, right? Is that how it works? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I'm going to go – I really don't like this guy. He's certainly not going to get any assists, but he's a double – he's a walking double-double. I mean, he's over 22 points a game. I think he's maybe second in the Big Ten in rebounds, and that's – Kofi, don't call me Cockburn, Coburn. Kofi, good pick. Um, yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue with with any of these picks here. Um, I got to think about this. Um, mm, I'm going to go with a guy that's playing terrific um, for a team that's a surprise. Johnny Davis from Wisconsin. Yeah, I had him on my um, list too. He's playing really well. Um, love what he's doing so far for the Badgers. Even though I'm Far from a Badger fan. Why? why you didn't pick Brad Davison? No, oh, dear God. Don't talk about him. Um, let's see. Next pick. Jeez, oh, I don't even know. Um, all right. I'm going to do it. I'm going to pick a wild card, I think, here. Um, I'm going to go with Boo Booey, uh, Northwestern, a very volatile player, a guy that could score 40, you a guy that Michigan could score State every week. He'd, yeah. he'd be your guy for sure. Yeah, yeah exactly. All, All right, right so I got, I got two more picks to close it out. I'm going to go with another um, Wildcat, and I'm going to go with Pete Nance. Oh, I like his game. Who's averaging over 17 points a game and is right up there in the rebound category. And even though he's coming off the bench right now, um, and his stats haven't been that great yet. Team. I think that he's going to be that guy. I'm going to go with Travion Williams from Purdue. Okay, T-Will. Nice, I like it. And then my last pick, uh, even though his team's playing terrible this year, he st- stuffs the stat sheet um, in points and rebounds and um, also a good, a good shot blocker and all that good stuff. Um, 
Ron Harper Jr. from <clears throat> Rutgers, far and away their their best ball player. Yep, another one for sure. <laughs> All right, so there you go, Mom. We got the uh, you got our Big Ten pick fives. You can help us keep track of who's doing what. We'll actually we'll retro it to the beginning of the Big Ten season here, not whole season. I think we're talking strictly conference play. Yeah, we'll we'll do conference. We'll just play. do conference play. So we'll yeah. we'll look it back and we'll track those rebounds, points, assists per game. Um, average and then wins for their team. We'll add those up and see who's got the best uh, the best collective five surprising, at the end of the season. Surprising guy that we both left off was Miller Cop. Eh, oh yeah, he didn't even hit my radar. I had a couple other. Um, I had I think we most of the guys you picked I had originally on my list as well. So um, and no Spartans. We don't really have any great stat sheet stuffers. I mean, you, two guys I think only in double digits scoring. I mean, they've got Michigan State's got a lot of balance right now, but that. Balance doesn't help you in a thing like this. You need somebody that's going to, you know, like last year in Aaron Henry who did a little bit of everything. You know, you could say from a blocks, well, we're not tracking blocks, but like a blocks, rebounds, you know, Marcus Bingham, but he's not, he's pretty inconsistent scoring wise. So be interesting to see how we do there. All right, let's finish off our around the world with the first half of our bull pick'em. 21 games. Of the 42 or so that we're going to do this week, we'll do the other ones next week, and we'll start to get more into the CFP and all that stuff next week as well. Um, Ryan, how we do last week, and then let's just rattle these off because I don't know half of anything about any of these yep, teams, I'm yep, sure. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, pick them. Uh, I went six and seven. We're get, I'm getting worse as the week goes, and, and happily you did worse, uh, four and nine last week, and I retook the lead. By game, 127, right? 50 and one. You're 126, 51 and one. Um, so we're close going into the 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 forty two game bowl season here. And also, before I forget, shout out to my friend Kyle. Uh, I know you wanted a shout out, and you're gonna get it. You're gonna have to listen through the whole podcast so to to, to get it. But bowl season, uh, we'll do ha- we'll do almost half here, and then then get back. We'll start with the first one, the Bahamas Bowl. Sounds lovely. Love to go. There'll be about lovely. fifteen people there. Sounds lovely. Um, the Middle Tennessee Fighting. Blue race, whatever the hell, Michigan State beaters versus the Toledo Rockets. Oh, I don't even know. Uh, It doesn't say record, so I don't know who. I'm just going to say I like the Mac. I I want Toledo to win this. I'm going with the Rockets. Yep, I'll go with the Toledo as well. Okay. You're going to go Toledo as well here. Um, Second game here. um, These are Friday, December 17th, by the way. So a week from this Friday. Good stuff there. Um, The Tail Greeter Cure Bowl. I think it's in in Orlando, I believe. Yep. uh, Exploria Stadium. Coastal versus Northern Illinois. Another match. The Fighting Rockies. Coastal, they had a great start to the year. You know, the Cinderella story had a great last year. Quarterback hurt, Grayson McCall. I think he's their guy. I'm going with the fighting Rocky Lombardis. They're hot MAC champs. Yeah, and they Book rolled. Book uh, who would they play? They played Kent State in the MAC yep. championship game, yep. and they um, they lost to them and avenged their that loss early in the season. And Lombardi is just really. I read a great article. Um, Colton Pouncey, shout out to him. Michigan State's beat writer on the Athletic did a Phenomenal. nice uh, nice piece on um, Rocky and what he has done for that program as a leader. I'm going to go the same. I think you know. Different story if if Coastal's completely healthy, but I don't think the Mullets beat the beat the Lombardies, so I'm going to go with uh, Northern Illinois as well. Um, big day Saturday, December 18th. Uh, Western Kentucky App State in the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl. I saw Western Kentucky with these two eyes. They are for real. 
Uh, Brady Zappé, the quarterback, and their air raid system takes down the fighting Mountaineers, Luke Combs, Michigan beaters, whatever you want to call them. I'm going with the the blobs. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little different here. I'm gonna go App State. Okay, fair, fair. Luke Combs, gotta love it. Um, The PUBG Mobile New Mexico Bowl. That sounds fun. Uh, UTEP versus Fresno. This that's that could be a great game actually. UTEP what twelve and one? No, that's 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 UTSA. I'm sorry, UTEP. Whose offensive coordinator is Dave Warner, by the way? So I'm definitely picking against them. <laughs> Fresno. Don't State. even talk anymore about Fresno, it. Fresno State's State. a good team. Fresno State. Fresno's actually a good team. They had a good season. I think they went 11 and two. But their um, coach left though, right? Went to Washington. Kalen DeVore, yeah, he's he's at Andrew, and their quarterback, quarterback though, right? Still, I, I screw UTEP. I don't know. Um, All right, I'll stick. With the that. Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl. Didn't Michigan State play in the Independence? It was Bowl the one? Pool and Weed Eater Independence Bowl. When okay. Michigan State played played okay. LSU. Returned to opening kickoff, Derek Mason for a touchdown, and then promptly got beat like 45-24 by Jerry DiNardo of the Big Ten oh Network. Lord. Um, UAB um, the just started their football program back up a couple years ago after a two- or three-year hiatus um, playing the Fighting Mormons, the BYU Cougars. Um, I don't think it's going to be a contest. BYU here. Um, is just going to roll. They're ranked number 13 in the nation. Yeah, BYU's quarterback, or coach is a candidate, I think, for the Oregon, Oregon job. Yeah, BYU's going to win. And Now, Independence Bowl has been around for a long time, but if these ridiculous bowl names don't tell you that there's too many damn bowls, I don't know what does. Yep. Next one, the Lending Tree Bowl. Eastern Michigan versus Liberty. Liberty's got a quarterback Liberty, in, Liberty, in Malik Liberty, Willis that, that is projected as a first-round pick, so I'm going to go Liberty. I mean, I, Eastern's okay. I don't think they're going to win, though. Mm, yeah, I'll go Liberty. Liberty. The Flames. All right, uh, moving on to the Jimmy Kimmel Los Angeles Bowl. Pre- Not the show. Jimmy presented himself is the sponsor. Presented by Stiffle. What does stifle. It stifle. It's like a um uh, a loan oh. like college loans thing. What's this like SoFi? Okay. I think. I think Utah State, Oregon State. Uh Utah State, Mountain West champ, book it. Alright, I'm gonna go with Oregon State. Oregon State did lose to in the Civil War. That's not supposed to be called that, so but Civil forget War. ESPN and their woke culture. They they lost in the Civil War, but otherwise had a chance to win the Pac North, so I'm gonna go with Oregon State. I love it. Um, the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl that's been around for a while. Um, Louisiana versus Marshall. Um, Bill, is Billy Gosh. Napier? He's is he gone for the he's bowl? He's gone. He's okay, but they they promoted this, an assistant from within. Mm-hmm. Yep. They had a really good year. Won the whatever Sun Belt. I'm going with the Raging Cajuns. Yep. I booked that for me too. Raging Cajuns. Louisiana for both of us. Let me get that down before I forget that there. And then moving on here to the next one. Um, the Myrtle Beach Bowl, presented by Tax Act, uh, Old Dominion versus Tulsa. I don't know anything about either of these teams. Um, let's go with Tulsa because Tom Izzo was there for a short. My while. question: and Michigan State played him a couple years ago. My question: This is for you, Dob and Chris. What what commercials did we see during this game? I'm going to guess strip clubs and golf courses. <laughs> That's all there is in Myrtle Beach. Oh, and miniature golf. Who were the teams again? Uh, Tulsa and um, Old Dominion. We'll go Tulsa. Tulsa. Okay. Tulsa, the, the Golden Hurricanes. Old Dominion, not the country group. but Right. The, the Hurricanes that are in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah, right. Um, 
the Dust Bowls. The famous Idaho Potato Bowl at uh, where Boise plays, Blue Turf. We got the Kent State Golden Flashes and the Wyoming Cowboys. Um, Kent State, I love their jerseys. They look like the Chargers. I'm going to go with Kent State. I'm going to go with Wyoming. Okay. The Fighting Josh Allens. Yep. All right. Uh, and then we have the Tropical S- Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl in Frisco, Texas. Um, the, the the Road Runners of UTSA, who that's who had a great season, twelve and one versus San Diego State, coached by Jabba the Hoke. Um, <laughs> I don't trust a Brady Hoke coach team, and they've kind of folded down the stretch there. I'm going with the Road Runners. Yeah, was Utah State blew them up last yeah, weekend? Was that what it was? Them. Yeah, I'm going to go with UTSA as well. We it's funny because Ryan and I watched UTSA pretty much kind of destroy Illinois, and we're like, "How bad is Illinois?" And then they went 12 and one, and Illinois right. actually surprised us. So I'm going to go with the Roadrunners there as well. Um, Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl, uh, Missouri versus Army. Got to go with the Black Knights here, and also shout out um, Army big game this weekend. Uh, Army Navy go go uh, Black Knights. Go um, Army beat Navy. Cousin Mike Colonel yeah, Mike yeah. Ziegelhofer. As one of the uh, promos that's being kind of thrown around for Go Army, Beat Navy, I'm going with Army in that as well. Okay, great. Let me put that in there. Let's see. Okay. Uh, moving on. Uh, the Frisco. What the hell's with Frisco? Why are there two bowls in Frisco? Oh, this is the made-up one. The Frisco Football Classic. The North Texas Mean Green in Miami of Ohio. I would call this the Butthurt Bowl because... One of these teams is going to be butthurt if they didn't get in. Which, by the way, can you name me the one team with a losing record that's in a bowl this year? No. Because there's an odd number. There's 83 bowl-eligible teams, and I use that term lightly. Who so is there it? had to be is one. North Texas? Hawaii, 6 and 7. Oh, that's right. They're but, playing in the Hawaii Bowl. Right. All right, so. I don't um, know. I, I didn't even pick one. I'm, I'll go North Texas because it's in Texas. Yeah, North Texas. Care. I'm thinking... Like basketball, they're going to upset somebody or whatever. Miami sucks. I don't think they're very good. Coached by former uh, GV coach Frank Martin, or whatever his hell his name is. Yeah. Chuck Martin. Chuck Martin, yep. Uh, Then we got the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl um, at Raymond James Stadium. In-state rivalry here. Uh, UCF in Florida. Florida's a dumpster fire. Um, They don't have Napier as their coach yet. I'm going to go with uh, Malzahn's boys. Um, and, and the Golden Knights here. Yeah, I think it means more to them. I think Florida's kind of like, who cares? They're going to go out and party all night, and they don't really, they don't care. Maybe a few guys will care that are going to stick around to, you know, impress their new coach, but I, I got the UCF as well. One of my favorite games tradition, it's back, the Easy Post Hawaii Bowl. Um, Memphis and Hawaii. Christmas Eve, baby. Yeah, Christmas Eve, uh, 8 p.m., um, in their new stadium here, uh, Aloha Stadium is no longer um, in in uh, Honolulu. There wasn't that rendered like they were evicted from it because it was unsafe. Or yeah, it was like, like unsafe. They said it could have collapsed at Crazy. any time, which is great. Memphis, with all fifteen fans that go to Memphis and Hawaii, I'm going to go with the Tigers. They're going to fly all the way there and they're going to get a win. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it makes sense to have Hawaii play in that game because they needed a team, but a six and seven team, come on, come on. Yeah. No when it was the Aloha Bowl and Michigan State was like eight and three and got to play there, that was something. Or when they beat Penn State to get seven and five or something like that, or six and five or seven and four, I don't know, back in the nineties and got to go there and got absolutely blasted by the Washington Huskies. That's when, you know, there were only like 
28 or 30 bulls and not 42 and it mattered. All right, so. three more hanging with us. Um, Christmas Day, the Tax Act Camellia Bowl in Montgomery. Tax Bowls. Yeah, I don't get it. Georgia State versus Ball State. How many max Georgia State? Need to go We're to going ball Georgia game. State. They're closer. Uh, ball State. We'll go with okay. the Fighting Testies. <laughs> nice. A uh, couple more here. The Quick Lane Bowl. Oh, the old mighty Motor City Bowl slash Little Caesars. Formerly pizza, the pizza Cherry Bowl. Bowl back in the ninety in the eighties. Michigan State lost to Army like ten seven in that game. Western Michigan versus the Nevada Wolfpack. Uh, Nevada's coach is now the coach at Colorado State, and their quarterback Carson Strong probably going to the NFL. I don't probably think he's going to play in the bowl game. I'm going with the home team. The Western Michigan Broncos in this one. Yeah, I'll go with that too. Western, I like. I like Western. They're go kind of Bronx, nice team. baby. Um, and then our last one here, the Military Bowl presented by Periton. What the hell is Periton? I don't even know. Do they spell Peloton wrong? <laughs> um, Boston College versus the East Carolina Pirates. Oh, this one's tough. Uh, Boston College's quarterbacks, but I'm gonna go upset East Carolina. Why the hell? Not? I'll go with BC. I think BC will get it done. Okay, BC. Well, and this is just proof that do any of these games, the only game that stands out to me as a game that was like when I was growing up was a game as the Independence Bowl. I don't think any of the rest no, of those games. They're all just a bunch of They're all just made up, and this just goes to show we don't need all of these. But it was fun podcast fodder, so what the heck. No, and that's it. Uh, we'll get to the rest of them. All what we have like twenty Another more 20 next week. More next week, yeah. Yep. Including the with us. Yep. All right, let's end as we always do with a sprint. Ryan, we kind of talked about this a little bit, but in your mind, who wins the Heisman? Uh, it's got to be Bryce Young. It can't not be. Is there a better, truer college football rivalry than Army Navy, and who you got in that game? No, I don't. I don't think so. It 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 just epitomizes everything that college football is and, and should, should be. be. Um, I'm going with the with the Black Knights. I think they get it done. I think it'd be three or four in a row for for yeah. After they lost, I think it was fourteen in a Navy, row. Baby. So, yep, go Army beat Navy. More overrated, Imani Bates or Hunter Dickinson? It's got to be Bates. I mean, Dickinson at least produced and won as a freshman. Bates can't even do that. And last, Rudolph or Frosty? Rudolph. All right. Who wins the Heisman? I think I said it last week. I'm going to go out on a little limb. I know I'm going to be wrong, but I think um, Pickett, to me, he's – I'm going to go with what I would pick based on... Actually, what I would pick is Kenny, Kenneth Walker, to be honest with you. And here's my other prediction. That despite Hutchinson getting the invite to New York, Kenneth Walker will finish higher in the standings and the votes than Hutchinson. And it'll be a middle finger to ESPN. But I got Pickett winning the Heisman as a dark horse. Is there a better, truer rivalry? No. These guys actually get paid as cadets to go to school because they go fight for our country for five years after um, dedicated my cousin Mike Colonel Mike Ziegelhofer on his way to being a general one day um, he went to West Point my cousin John went to West Point uh, Mike played rugby at West Point um, we are an army family go army beat navy more overrated I mean we just don't like Hunter Dickinson because he's a walking moving screen and he's a thug and he looks like a munchie chi and he walks like a runs like a princess fairy but the most overrated recruit of my life, and I said this watching him as a high school player, 
is Amani Bates. He's sure. terrible. Rudolph or Frosty? You gotta go with Rudolph. Come on. I mean, Claymation, 1960s. Frosty's great. <laughs> Good song, but no. Rudolph all the way. All right, Ryan, final social media reminders. Follow us on Twitter at the final score 35 You know what to do. Give us your input, all that good stuff. Uh, thank you for listening. Hope you you like it. Um, yeah, yeah, if you guys were interested in the bowl pool, I could put one together on, uh, on ESPN, get people involved, maybe do a prize, but we'd need a lot of people. We need more than just JG picking kind of some of the games. Right. But other than that, that's all I got. All right, that's it for this week. We're just just a hair under an hour, well, just over an hour when you put the promos and stuff in there. But thank you again to Team Anders Realtors, our presenting sponsor. Learn more about how Team Anders can help you with your realty needs at teamanders.com. Meantime, as Rudolph once said, I'm cute, I'm cute. She says I'm cute.